Hey everyone, and welcome back to another Jelly Cards podcast. I'm Jason, alongside my best friend John, and this week we wanted to go in-depth into how we approach grading cards. We highlight which companies we like to submit to, what we look for in terms of card condition before grading, and how PSA has arguably taken over as the top grading company in the hobby. Now let's roll that music. All right, everybody, welcome back to episode four of the Jelly Cards Spread the Hobby Love podcast. Um, I did want to start off with a quick story that I thought was really cool that I read the other day off the um, MLB.com app. It was, uh, it was a story about Joey Votto, which I liked because in ep- uh, episode two, we brought up a little bit about, you know, you were talking about Paul Goldschmidt. I brought up about Joey Votto. And it, it, was, it was an article that really made me laugh. So apparently, I didn't realize this, Joey Votto is a huge chess player. What? Yeah. Like, he's like an avid, like, chess player. Damn. Yeah. And apparently in 2020, when, you know, COVID was happening, he heavily got back into playing chess. But it was primarily online chess that he was playing. Recently, he did his first over-the-board tournament, like in-person tournament. Right. <laughs> and he quoted, he said, this is, this is my first over-the-board tournament, you know, wish me luck. And then later on the article, it went, he got flattened by a nine-year-old kid. Oh, God. You're talking about more than likely a future Hall of Famer in professional baseball and he said he got flattened by a nine-year-old kid in chess nine-year-old kid just walks up to the board teddy bear in one arm <laughs> glass of milk in the other yeah. shakes yeah. hands destroys joy oh yeah so i thought that was that was really funny just because you know i mean he's what already pushing 40 yeah yeah and then the nine-year-old kid ended up beating him Pretty pretty decisively, I guess. <laughs> Still, no, that's awesome. Respect yeah. to Joey Votto. Yeah, chess is great. Yeah, if I was him, if I was that kid, I would have brought my, uh, I would have brought a Joey Votto rookie card with me and forced him to sign it if I won. <laughs> that's right. After you, after you already beat the crap out of him. Oh, hey, by the way, can yeah. you sign this card for me, <laughs> loser? Yeah. So yeah, I thought I just thought that was really funny, and I thought you would get a kick out of that because I know you were. You played a lot of chess back in the day, too. I don't know if you still do or not. Yep, but. That's right. I actually, uh, that's funny you say that. I asked for a chess board for Christmas last year because I, I wanted to get back into playing chess as well. I've been looking into trying to get a chess board, too, because uh, I really want mine more decorative than anything. But <laughs> I do, I, chess, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm good at it. But my dad and I used to play all the time. That was like our thing uh, Thanksgiving morning. Um, yeah. yeah, back when I still, you know, lived with my parents and uh, we would wake up in the mornings and while we were watching the Thanksgiving Day Parade, we would play chess. That's awesome, actually. And, I like that a lot. And uh, I would always be so proud of myself when I, when I could actually beat him, which was very rare. <laughs> yeah. But the last one of the last times that um, I got together with him, we did end up playing a few games of chess and man, I destroyed him. 
Oh, God. Yeah. Look what you did. I know. You're the nine-year-old kid and your dad is about <laughs> Yeah. But the, the cool – there's a – before we actually get into the <laughs> – get into the actual episode um, right <laughs> there's a there's a really cool chessboard that i've been looking at and wanting it's a it's a pokemon chessboard oh boy yeah it and i think it's like 200 dollars. i think it's off the pokemon center website i want to say it's the pokemon center website one of the websites that they um that you can like shop their merchandise and stuff Okay. Yeah. Sounds like we need to sell some slabs. It's get Jason some. It's a money. really, really cool because it's obviously it's all like the pieces are all Pokemon. I know like Dragonite's on it and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a really cool board. But I, I want one more of like decorative because I think it's a cool decorative piece to have. I hope they're using Nidoking King and Nidoking Queen as the King and Queen pieces. Uh, if not, then they're dropping the ball. I actually, yeah, I don't, I don't remember, but that would be very clever. <laughs> but I don't, I, I don't. I, I can't remember. Still, that's really cool. Yeah, but I just thought that was a, yeah, it was a very fun fun story to tell. Um, but this week's episode is we're primarily going to be talking about the world of grading cards. You know, we've been talking a lot about cards that, you know, we believe are, are good investments. Again, just want to reiterate, we are by no means experts in this hobby. Everything we're saying in these episodes, they're just opinions that we have and, and things that we as Jelly believe are, you know, going to be good investments down the road. But I, we, were, we really wanted to get into the world of, yeah, grading cards because it is, has become such a major part of the hobby since 2020 if i mean and, and i know you you've been grading cards before then so i mean if you can you know give a little insight on to like when grading became like such a prominent thing in the hobby yeah well absolutely grading went insane in 2020 and the end of 2019 because of the pandemic but even before that grading had become this frustratingly enough it became uh, almost a staple in the card collecting world because we're going to get into it, but there are some initially it was pretty much just PSA and BGS, but now there's multiple grading companies, different turnaround times, different prices, pretty much just a third party that you can send your cards to for protection and uh, most importantly, authentication. And depending on what grade you get, it heavily influences the value of your card. So it's just things have ever since the pandemic grading has skyrocketed along with the hobby world. So it's, it's a really good topic and I'm super happy we're talking about it so that people can also listen, and uh, hopefully learn some new things and again, reach out to us and give us their opinions on what they think is the best grading process and what they do when they think about grading cards or even if they grade cards at all, because I know that when I was buying cards back in, like over 10 years ago, I I really just was buying raw cards because I think most collectors still do that because it's just like the purest form of card collecting. But yeah, I'm excited. I don't want to go on too long of a tangent, but let's let's get into this grading issue. Well, and I like that you you, know, you pointed out because why you know a reason why people um, why they grade their cards is because of that authentication factor of it, you know. Um, because I was going to ask, like, you know, what are reasons why 
somebody would grade the card. Like, what are the reasons why we grade the cards, you know? And prim- uh, primarily, it's, you know, to anybody who's, who's new to the hobby, you know, grading cards, first and foremost, it, it alone just increases the value of that card. You know, depending you, on the grade, depending, yes, depending on the grade, of course. Um, I mean, if you're grading a card and you're coming back with a PSA 10, SGC 10, BGS 9.5, man, if you ended up getting a BGS 10 or a black yeah. label, I mean, you're, you know, you're hitting the, the mother load, the holy grail of, yeah. of card grades. Um, more than likely, you're going to be increasing the value of that card, which I think is probably the prime the primary reason why people grade cards um, but you know in in the long run even if it's just something for your pc on you know, your personal collection i know a lot of people like to just grade cards simply just it gives that that extra protection too absolutely um i know you know all a lot of us in, in jelly we have been recently grading a lot of like our own personal pokemon cards um which you know some of them i i really kind of don't know if I would even you know, sell them like my Charizard. I would love to get my Charizard in a in a graded slab just for the sheer fact of protecting it. You know, exactly. Uh, but I did like I did like that you mentioned about the authentication thing is because it they also make sure that the card's real. Yeah, huge important part. You know, because I mean it's it's the unfortunate part nowadays that there are a lot of people getting into the hobby and, and because prices have been going up and markets have been, have been skyrocketing, people are seeing the value of this hobby. It has also brought some negativity to it where, you know, unfortunately people do get scammed. Oh, yeah. Very unfortunately and more common than it should be for sure. But as we, as we, as jelly approach, you know, that grading process, uh, if you can just let the, the listeners know, what exactly are we looking for when before we even grade a card? Like if we if we pull a card out of a pack or buy a card raw, before we even decide if we're gonna grade that card, what condition are we looking for? Yeah, exactly. We're always looking for the best condition cards we ever pull <clears throat> to make sure that those cards are worthy of sending off to a grading company and paying that grading price in hopes that we will get a ten. I think. You can, I guess you can touch on this too, Jason, because the benefit of having all four of us, I think we've actually done pretty well, knock on wood for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we look at cards together, like we kind of like carefully pass it off. Obviously, when we first pull a card, I think the first thing you can notice is centering, in my opinion. Yep. Like when we did that uh, prison basketball break and we saw those way off center cards, that's super unfortunate. But when you first pull a card, the four categories that I'm pretty sure all the grading companies look at, like, I guess, religiously, is centering, surface, if there's any scratches or any indents or any sort of issues with the surface, front and back, corners and edges. <clears throat> and when we first pull cards out of boxes, I think the, the image on the card, whether or not it's centered, is an immediate yes or no, and if it makes it to like the next round, so to speak, of us deciding whether or not we want to grade it. Yeah. And like you said, it, we, we do it because not only authentication, authentication, but more 
in turn, when it comes to selling, absolutely because of value. Because if you get a card raw, you may sell it for, let's say, $40. But you grade that card and it comes back a PSA 10, the return on the card or basically the value of the card goes up so drastically that we kind of decide whether or not that risk is worth it. And when it's so drastic like that, when a raw card is selling for $40 and a PSA 10 is selling for like 250 to $400, we almost immediately decide, okay, we've all looked at this. Uh, centering looks great. Surface is good. Corners are sharp. Edges are smooth. Let's send it off and let's hope we get some tens and let's hope we can flip it for a good, a good profit. Yeah. And I, um, and I like that you, you said that about, you know, you can absolutely, you can sell every single card raw, whatever card you pull, you can definitely sell and still make a lot of value off these cards selling raw. But I want to uh, give you just a, a, a good example that I think is um, perfect for this um, is the 1983 tops rookie Tony Gwynn card, because I recently, yeah. you know, I, Purchase a Tony Gwynn rookie card, that same 1983 Topps rookie card, which is his number one rookie card um, from, you know, Dean's dugout out in Naperville. Hey, shout out Dean's. Yeah, shout oh, out yeah. to Dean. Thank you for the, uh, for the purchase. Um, I think it was priced very well. I think I paid like twenty two fifty for it or something like that. But yeah, Dean's is the best. And I, I mean, I looked at this card and it was, it was a little off. Me personally, it's. I didn't think it was gonna gem. Obviously, if it gemmed, oh man, that would have been that would have been the <laughs> yeah. best. But I still thought that the card was in a really good condition. But going in t- uh, in terms of like the PSA ten for that card, so if it was in great condition, I bought it for twenty two fifty. A PSA ten in that nineteen eighty three tops Tony Gwynn rookie card sells for two thousand eight hundred and seventy five dollars. So, so this, so this is the whole point of what we're what we're saying here is it does it it could increase the value of that card because you're turning a twenty two dollar and fifty cent card into potentially almost a three thousand dollar card. Yeah, but like we also say too, you got to look at the other grades as well. You have to look at PSA nines, maybe even PSA eights. Because there is a lot of risk factor that goes into grading cards. You know, luckily for that one, a PSA 9 sells for around $157 to $182. Still not bad. So you're still, yeah, you're still, a 9 is still a, a good um, a good grade to get. But then an 8, now you're kind of pushing around, eh, it's, it's a little risky. Because I think eights right now are kind of around like $33, like maybe average is around $33. Okay. So now you're, you're getting, you're getting a little close to, am I, am I going to be able to profit off this card? You know? So, uh, but I, I think I totally agree with you in the sense that the first and foremost thing that you're looking at is the centering. I think that's the most obvious thing you're going to see. Is is whether the centering is good or not, and I and me personally, I think a lot of grading companies. I think the biggest one out of the four groups that you said is the centering because that's the that's the easiest thing you're gonna spot right away. Yeah. Um, 
but I, and I think the surface level is probably the hardest thing that you're going to see, unless you're like underneath a UV light and you're looking that through a magnifying glass or something, yeah. you know, to, to the naked eye, you're not going to probably see any of these, you know, maybe print lines or scratches on the surface of these cards. Uh, but I think really what I base it on, it's centering edges and corners. That's really what I just base it solely on because the surface, it's just too hard sometimes, you know? Yeah. Those are, those are, I think I agree with you. I think those are the top three. Some people actually do do what you just said and they bring out those like uh, those magnifying glasses or those uh, like eye glasses that people use for diamonds and things like that to look over their surfaces, which, hey, if you if you got the time and you have I mean, you I mean, technically speaking, you you should be doing that just to make sure you're sending off your best condition cards for that opportunity for a 10. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think I centering for sure right away, I notice and then corners and edges are kind of i feel like psa takes takes the corners and edges very seriously and i think if you have bad corners psa immediately either just knocks off a grade maybe two grades and you're just kind of kind of digging your own hole there digging your own grave but we're stuck i mean psa is the company which we will probably will definitely go into oh we are definitely going to get into that (laughs) don't don't you worry yeah, PSA, in my opinion, is like the top tier company, and we can talk about that later on. But um, there's there's so many grading companies out now. Tell people which companies we use as Jelly, and which I guess we could talk about all of them a little bit, and why we decide most of the time to send a PSA. Uh, I mean, yeah. If- one thing I want to actually say too, which I, I read today, I, uh, and I don't know if this is exactly true, but did you know Beckett, it says on Beckett's website that they're the first ones to break down the grading into the four categories. I think that is true. That's like kind of why like years ago, maybe five, six, seven years ago, Beckett came onto the scene and they were really taking over card grading. They brought out that whole, like, we're going to show you what grade you get on your corners, on your surface, on your edges, on your centering. And it's kind of like an extra proof that, hey, this is what your card got and this is why. And their their slabs are thicker. And I feel like we've talked about that before, that I like the Beckett slabs because they're so thick and you feel like it's actually protected. But, yeah, Beckett kind of broke the mold so to speak when it came to grading and they they had a, a run there when they're pretty much outselling psa yeah but ever since the, the tides have turned well and you were you were very big on beckett so so yeah i mean primarily the three major grading companies is psa sgc and bgs which is beckett grading uh psa is what professional sports, authentic- sports authentication yep. And then um, SGC is sports guarantee. Um, sports guarantee. Um, I forgot to see. In, uh, yeah, SGC. I think it's, yeah, guarantee. Sports cards guarantee. Like yeah. Uh, sports guaranteed cards are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was drawing a blank on what the C stood for in SGC. But, anyways, those are the three main 
grading companies that I, I, I personally believe a lot of people use. I mean, you have uh, these other like smaller tiered grading companies that are trying to be, you know, be up and coming ones like GMA, you got uh, HGA that just came out recently, uh, but pro- mainly people are using PSA, SGC and BGS and BGS. Like you said, yeah, when we, when we've got, when we created jelly, I mean, BGS, that was your number one grading company. Yeah, that's true. It's because I had a, actually, I had accounts with all three, Beckett and PSA and SGC, but I had the most experience grading with uh, Beckett, BGS. So that's why I was sending so many cards to Beckett because I, I had experience with it and I felt like it went pretty smoothly and I, I liked the protection, but Ever since, so I'm gonna now I'm gonna go on this little tiny tangent. Ever since we found Nash cards, this is not an ad for Nash cards. If Nash cards ever listens to this, we're just talking about them because I feel like they're a huge blessing to us that we found them when we started Jelly. Uh, Nash cards is a website that does bulk submissions. You kind of send your cards through the Nash cards website. You log them. You send them to Nash cards. Nash cards kind of gets the order ready combines a bunch of people's submissions together, sends them off to the grading company, and then they let you know like every step of the way, which I love. I love that Nash Cards does that. It tells you when they get your cards. They send it off to the grading company. It tells you when the grading company receives the cards. They tell you when the grades are popped. Basically, the grades are available. You pay, you see your grades, and they send them back. But ever since we found this uh, group subbing thing online, um PSA has kind of has kind of taken over in my opinion the the grading services for jelly. Do you also think that might be why PSA has also kind of become the prominent grading company? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think so PSA in my opinion again all this is just opinion. I'm happy you said that earlier that this is just things that we notice and things we talk about when it comes to card collecting. PSA has become the stapling card grading because not only have they been around a long time but their population report and their system in recording the cards they grade is far and beyond better than any other pop report that's out there like i'm not i I wish i would have looked it up but i'm sure that psa has graded probably 10 times if not more as many cards as beckett and sgc and there's also csg and hg oh yeah 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 csg which All is primarily a, like a TCG. I mean, you, you see a lot on uh, CSG for like um, for sports cards, but I feel like a lot of people use them like for TCG. Yeah, absolutely. For yeah. like Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. cards, Dragon Ball Z, all that stuff, magic. But I think that's why PSA has become so much, I don't want to say better. I feel like that's why PSA has become the, the grading company to submit your cards to because they've been around a long time. And they offer that pop report because this is, I don't know if I ever told you guys this, but there was a time in like 2019, 2018, I was actually emailing SGC because I was looking at cards on eBay and they had SGC labels. And whenever I look on cards on eBay back in the day, like five, six years ago, and they had PSA labels, I could easily go to the PSA website and I can search the cert number, the certification number that we talked about in the previous episodes. And it would show me that that is the correct cert number and that card is actually being sold like it should. Like say someone has a PSA 5 Sandy Koufax rookie. I see that serial number. I look the PSA website 
and it like pops up. Okay, correct. This is the cert number. Mm-hmm. This is a PSA five, Sandy Koufax rookie, 1955 tops. You're good to go. And I feel so much more comfortable buying that card. But back in 2018, 2019, <clears throat> I actually had to email SGC because I was looking at, um, I was actually looking at the emails before this episode. I, I was looking at, a, I think, a 1953 Topps Mickey Mantle. It was graded at SGC 6, and I was like, I feel like this card is a really, really good price for him. Such a high grade of a 53 Mantle. And I had an email SGC because like their population report and their website in general, they had no like history of, of their grades. And I had to wait for them to get back to me to let me know that it was authentic. I, I didn't pull the trigger on the card because it's a really expensive card. But I just, I think that's why PSA. And I'm really happy that now it's fixed, by the way, for people who are listening. SGC does. Yeah, have they that. have the pop report now because I, I use it constantly. Yeah, yeah. And I love that about the grading companies. But anyway, long-winded answer. I was comfortable with Beckett, but PSA, I think to answer your question i think that's why they're so popular is because they have such a huge uh report on how many cards they've graded which cards they've graded they have those cert numbers and it's just something that people kind of feel comfortable going to when they want to buy a card and um and real quick too for the for the listeners it is such a that's one thing in my opinion that you know that i do before i even purchase a graded card on ebay um I always look up the certification number. Great point. I always look up the certification number because I want to make sure that the card is in the population report on the, on PSA's website or SGC's website. I never buy a card without looking up that, that certification number first. Awesome point. Very important to mention. I do the same thing. Yeah. But you know, I was going to, um, I was going to ask you too, because we were talking about it in the group chat yesterday, because we have had this conversation many times, like we have stated yesterday in the group chat. <laughs> I, it, it is no surprise to you guys that I am a big believer in SGC. <laughs> Even though SGC is not the top tier grading company yet, maybe, I still think, you know, I, you know, I still think SGC is such a great company in terms of just the overall, like you said, the overall customer experience when it comes to grading cards. And I, me personally, I prefer the SGC slabs over a PSA slab, just in, in overall look in general. I love that, like that black and white tuxedo look that they have. Yeah. You know, or I think the one their boxes come in is, is it say like tuxedo time or something like that on the box. Um, yeah. But I was, you know, I brought it up too. It's, it's kind of crazy to see that there is one like major grading company that kind of took over this hobby because in reality, I mean, you're getting, if you're, if you're turning around and getting a PSA 10 an SGC 10, uh, for Beckett grading, which is BGS, their equivalent of a SGC 10 or a PSA 10 is a BGS 9.5. They're all mm-hmm. considered gem mints. Um, it's kind of crazy that like, you know, PSA 10s are so much more valuable than an SGC 10 or a BGS 10 when all these, these three top tier grading companies 
are telling you, hey, we believe this is a gem mint card. But buyers and, and collectors and uh, investors look at the PSA slab as being more valuable, even though it's, it's still a 10. You, you get what, if that makes sense, if, you, if I, you get what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah. like you said, we've talked about this so many times now that it's become repetitive because first and foremost, just a blanket statement. I hope that people listening can agree with this. These companies who are grading cards, they have no right to kind of exploit card collecting. And I hate that PSA upcharges based on the value of the card. Like in your defense, Jason, I'm <laughs> me, Luke and Eric, obviously we're all PSA guys, because when it comes like exactly what you said, when it comes to the resale value, no re that there may not be any logic to it, but PSA consistently outsells all the other grading companies, unless you're getting like a, a BGS black label 10. And it's by a significant margin too. It's not like yeah. we're not, we're not looking at, I mean, well, okay. <laughs> Let me rewind that because my <laughs> argument yesterday was there's not that big of a drastic difference. So let me rewind that a little bit, but there are certain cards that there is a very large difference between a PSA 10 and an SGC 10. And now, you know, Beckett who was outselling PSA, you know, a few years back kind of now has taken the third seat in terms of these grading companies, which I personally believe that SGC now has moved into the, the second seat. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, certain cards, there might not be this big of a difference. But when you when you get to those like really high valued cards, there is a gigantic difference between PSA, SGC and BGS. Yep, absolutely. And so continuing what I was saying, it's just like when it comes to pure hobbyists, people who actually are in the hobby for collecting and love sports cards and you're you want these cards slabbed not only for protection, but for authentication and to increase the value of the cards. I feel like SGC is the best company. And it's, it's just because that like, they don't really upcharge you unless the card I think has like insanely high values. They, I don't know, from what I've read, I don't think they upcharge you at all. I think it's like uh, they upcharge for vintage. Maybe I'd have to double check that, but if like oh, a vintage uh, card gets, I think it's they. What was it? Maybe yeah. I think it was two thousand and on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So SGC is an amazing company because they're very transparent. Another important note: uh, they care about their customers. They reach out to customers like Nash Cards, who, by the way, is the largest SGC submitter in the yep. world, and they communicate with them, ask them what they think about what they could do to improve creating as a whole, and I think they're amazing at that. But the reason that we usually vote to send our cards to PSA <sighs> is, be is because of that return. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're being ridiculous. So, <laughs> I mean, okay, so people understand. Guard, cards are graded on a scale of 1 to 10. For PSA, it's 1 through 10. Starting at 1, it goes up by 0 0.5 until you get to 9. Once you get to a PSA 9, there is no PSA 9.5. It's either a mint PSA 9 or it'll jump to a um, gem mint PSA 10. For Beckett and SGC, 
SGC offers the same grading. No, no company offers less than one. I'm pretty sure I've never seen a 0.5 grade, um, but it goes one through 10. They go up by 0.5. SGC and Beckett both offer the, is it like a mint plus or gen mint plus SGC 9.5 Beckett 9.5. Mm-hmm. And then they offer the gem mint SGC 10 Beckett gem mint uh, BGS 10 and then SGC and Beckett. Well, the, the like, BGS 10 is pristine. Oh, that's right. It's a good call. Yeah. And um, Beckett has the pristine 10, which everything is a 10 or like three out of the four uh, categories. Three out of the, so you got to You got to get three out of the four categories are tens. And then one's got to be a 9.5. Exactly. And then on top of that, SGC and Beckett offer this like, pristine pristine they're both labeled as pristine i'm pretty sure but the black label bgs 10 you have 10 a grade of 10 corner grade 10 edges grade 10 surface grade 10 centering it is the perfect condition card in existence of this card and it's a like the best it's ever going to get the most rare grade that it's it it is the holy grail of grading which by the way sgc don't forget does the gold labels yeah that's what i was getting at they do that too yeah. they, they do that like sgc 10 but gold label this is like pristine condition this is the best grade that we've seen of this card or the best condition that we've yeah. seen this card in. so all that aside we john eric and luke uh, i don't know about luke though we could talk about luke's decisions we, <laughs> we, we don't, don't we get like, us started on gma yeah, we like sending our cards to PSA because of that return value. I appreciate you saying that it doesn't make sense. I agree with you. It does not make sense. But until SGC and these other grading companies reach that level of return value on the card, I just I don't see the argument that we can make to submit our cards to SGC. But when there's other people out there who have such a large inventory and they're opening boxes day in and day out and they're hitting cards and there's that constant turnover of open box, grade, sell, open box, grade, sell, over and over and over, I understand that submitting to SGC is enticing because that turnaround time, like you said, Laura, I don't know if we've talked about it, but the turnaround time for SGC is incredible. And I don't know, man. I, I, I love you, Jason, obviously, and I... I love SGC because of that point that I said that they're true hobbyists. They actually care about you as a customer and a card collector, and they deserve all the money in the world because that's how things should be. But when it comes to cards and their resale value, there's, in my opinion, there's no reason for us to send the PSA. And um, another important note, like I was saying earlier, one, another thing that makes me so upset about PSA, don't get me wrong, don't get this twisted. Grading cards is great. I love grading cards no matter what grade you get. Even when I get PSA 8s, I get, I get upset, but it's like, oh man, it's so cool to have a slapped card, especially Pokemon cards. But the thing I hate the most about these grading companies, besides SGC, which you pointed out as well, Beckett and PSA, they charge you based on the value of your card. So right now we send our cards at the lowest level through Nash cards and the lowest level through Nash cards is uh, PSA bulk, $18 a card, but PSA, when they grade your card, so that PSA bulk level, $18 a card, they base their value on grading on the declared value of your card. So if your card is worth less than $199, you can send it to PSA bulk and they'll grade your card for that $18. But say you send a card that's actually worth like, let's say, let's say a ridiculous number, like $5,000. You're, 
You send a card that's worth five thousand dollars. You send a Mickey Mantle 1952 tops to the PSA bulk service. Jesus, I mean, eight, I mean, you just dollars. went there. I'm just saying, you send that card to PSA at the bulk service level. If they deem that card is authentic and they put it in a PSA slab, they turn around and upcharge you yeah, because that card. You. Yeah, they sh- that card should have been sent, quote unquote, in their opinion, through their PSA walkthrough service. So instead of paying $18 for you to grade my card, that's all you're doing, by the way, all these grading companies, all you're doing is giving me a grade on my card, authenticating it for me, potentially increasing the value based on your opinion, and then you're giving it back to me. I bought the card. I want it slabbed. I want it protected. I want to resell it. But anyway, sorry on that little rant. They turn around and they charge you $700 to grade the card instead of the $18 to grade a card that you probably spent thousands of dollars on to buy raw. So my winded answer is that all grading companies are evil. They, they take your money because they want, they're capitalizing on this insane card market. But when it comes down to resale value, PSA, in my opinion, and most of the people in Jelly's opinion is the best for resale value. But in terms of love for the hobby and care for customers and what grading should be, I agree with you, Jason, in that SGC is, in my opinion, by far the best. But now yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to swing it over to you. I want to hear what you have to say. Well, I mean, so I'll I'll use the uh, I'll use the Wanda Franco first Bowman Chrome as an example as to show, you know, these listeners the difference in all three of these grading companies in terms of sold prices. Like this one, like I said, this one is not as drastic, but it, you know, it's a card that I have heavily, obviously uh, looked at a lot on eBay. So a PSA 10 in the Wander Franco first Bowman Chrome sells for around $70. Your SGC 10 sells for around $51. And then your BGS 9.5 is anywhere from $33 to $41. So you can already, yeah, you can already tell the yep. difference in all three grading companies, all gem mint grades, but one sells higher than the other, which I mean, it's, and I was, I was saying this in the group chat yesterday too. PSA obviously grades way more cards on a daily basis or a monthly basis, uh, basis than these other two companies. Yet, in my opinion, they give out more gem mint grades, more tens than SGC does and BGS does. And obviously, which is why, you know, BGS tens, uh, pristine tens or the black labels are so valuable is because it's it's very rare to get those. But SGC, they they pride themselves on being very accurate graders. Yeah. And and I and I agree with that. You know, we did a SGC order and those cards came back pretty, you know, not harsh, but I feel like they they take a lot of time in looking at the card, you know, and um we ended up I mean we sent what how many cards? We sent four or five maybe? Yeah, I think five. And not a single one came back a SGC ten? No, it was all nine fives and nines. And a nine. So in, in my opinion, if you look at these population reports on, on certain cards, like I think I was looking at like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence yesterday on like their prism rookies, PSA is actually grading more tens than SGC does. 
which you would think that would make the SGC 10 the more yeah. rare of the of the two, right? It's an interesting point. But I mean, I, the more the more cards you grade, the more likely you're going to have 10. So when they're grading like uh, 2,000 Justin Fields Prism rookies compared to like 500 from SGC um, averages, that's probably going to be pretty high. But I also wanted to, to comment too on uh, just what I mean, what I love most about SGC, um, I do love the turnaround times. Like I love the turnaround times. The, the fact that you can you can send your card through SGC and get it back five to ten business days. Yeah. In terms of selling during the hype. I mean that that's that's great because you could be you could be opening up a set on day one, pulling a high valued card, turning around, sending it in through Nash cards or s- sending it in through SGC, the actual website, yeah. and getting that card back graded in a slab in less than a month. And you're still gonna be able to sell that card during the hype. It's true. And you're paying twenty four dollars for that grade. Versus if you wanted your car to come back within the five to 10 business days from PSA, you're paying $150 for that card. $150 you're paying for that, that card to come back within the equal, in the equivalent turnaround time to SGC. And you're paying $100 a card from Beckett in order to get it back in that same amount of time. Yeah. To me, it's, I mean, that, that right there to me is, is such a, uh, a pro. It, it would go in the pro list in terms of like if I'm choosing between all three. It's oh, just the turnaround time alone. And then, and then if you're looking at the prices, you know, uh, you know, the BGS economy, you know, right now is $25 a card. Uh, by the way, BGS does the sub, like, so what do you mean? BGS does the subgrades, and that means that when they break it down into what what your centering got, what your edges got, what your corners got, and what your surface got, but BGS also has a cheaper level if you don't care about having those subgrades on your on your label, mm-hmm. which actually you know which you've seen lessens the value of the card because if yeah. people collect BGS, they want those subgrades on it. I me personally, I'm the same way. If I buy a BGS lab. Me too, which is crazy, by the way. Like what, like we said, it's just it's a it's a grade. Yeah, but you know, BGS is selling twenty five dollars a card. SGC is going twenty four dollars a card off their website. PSA is doing the bulk, you know, the eighteen dollars. SGC does the bulk too, which for eighteen dollars. But their regular value is at thirty dollars off their website. Their value is thirty dollars. Yet your turnaround times are for that is like 120 days for PSA. If you're paying $30 a card, your turnaround time or $18 a card, your turnaround time is basically almost three months yeah. versus SGC. You're getting five to 10 days and that card's already back. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of time we've seen. I mean, I mean, look at what happened, you know, obviously during the card boom and PSA was flooded and it happened oh, with God. SGC too. PSA was flooded with cards i mean everybody you know was grading every single card that they had 
you know, certain people were sending, you know, thousands of Pokemon cards to PSA, which probably is the reason why they shut down. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to name anybody, but, you know, everybody, you know, they needed to grade every single Pokemon card in their collection. Damn right. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah, it's like they, you know, PSA ended up having to shut down. Because they were just overwhelmed with it. And SGC did the same thing. But it's just like, if you look at, you know, we sent so many cards during that time to PSA prior to them shutting down. I mean, we had cards that came back a year from there, yeah. you know, and, and your, your market's gone. Do you know how much time a market can change within a year? Yeah, extremely drastically. I mean, there's a lot of cards that I, I mean, bye bye, bye. There went, <laughs> yeah. there went the market, and there went my card, and the whole reason why I sent the card in was because of the market, and then it took a year to come back, and now I'm at a loss of the card. Yeah, and a lot could, and a lot could change too in 120 days. I mean, yeah. realistically, it could. I mean, you you see it happen. Yeah, but so uh, you're gonna now we're gonna start arguing because. Absolutely. Five to 10 days is beautiful. There's until PSA. Could you imagine if PSA started sending cards back in five to 10 days? They might get flooded again. They might just be. Oh, like, easy. Okay. They, they would. <laughs> yeah. But so everyone who's listening to the podcast, you need to do your research on the card you're going to try to sell. Because you, I agree with you, but SGC is by far the best turnaround time. But recently, We've been using Nash cards, and those PSA bulk orders are actually coming back, like or the grades are popping at least in about a month, a month and a half maybe. Like so, we're talking four to six, four to eight weeks to be to be lenient. So they're definitely figuring things out because in the card boom, like you said, they had so many cards come in, especially those beautiful first edition Pokemon cards that oh, everybody loves and wants that they had to shut down. So they had just. I can't even imagine. I wish I worked at PSA so I could look at this warehouse of packages with people's cars just sitting in a corner like, what are we going to do about this? They had to shut down. They stopped allowing any grading services for, I feel like it was a long time, maybe a year, because they said, oh, we'll open in July. July came, uh, we're going to open in November. Uh, we're going to open next March. So they shut down for a long time, graded all the backlog, and now they're finally getting cards out, graded back to people in about a month uh, but two they, they also reopened up service levels with, yeah. without finishing grading cards that were still backlogged yeah that was frustrating for sure but yeah okay so going off of what i was saying you need to do your research when you're looking at cards because like you said i'm happy that you brought up those uh, different prices for cards because i actually was looking up um examples as well my argument, <laughs> our argument against Jason for when like we're opening boxes and we want to sell something and we want that quick turnaround, why I feel like PSA is worth that one month wait for the hope that you're going to get a 10. Like if I think that this card is going to get a 10, I want to send it to PSA because I want that PSA 10 versus the SGC 10. Because the SGC 10 pristine gold label is like what? Like one in every 1,000 to 10,000 cards. It's extremely rare. But if I can get a gem mint 10, I'd rather have the PSA versus the SGC. And 
Jason's argument is that turnaround time is amazing, which is true. But when it, it, it all depends, like I would love to find this a category of cards where we can use both. And I, I'm happy that you brought it up in the group chat because I would love to do that too. I would love to utilize both SGC and PSA. Maybe once we get more inventory and like Eric's point before was that we can let these like huge card companies, I guess, if you want to call them that, or grading companies, not grading companies, but like uh, hobbyists kind of keep sending their cards to SGC and keep building that SGC market. And then once they become equal, we can start using SGC and get those cards back really, really quick and sell them for PSA 10 value. But um, what I'm getting at is that if you sell a card raw, so I'm going to I'm gonna read off some numbers to you now because I looked up stuff too. For I was looking at 2017 Bowman Chrome, Ronald Acuna Jr. Ronald Acuna Jr., first Bowman Chrome was in 2017. That card raw sells for around $22 to $25. And SGC 9... Which, by the way, I, we should mention this. The SGC regular price, if you do not use Nash cards, is like you said, $24, $25 a card. But because SGC is their number, or I'm sorry, because Nash cards is SGC's number one submitter in the world, you $20. can use, yeah, Nash cards website, you can use, you can sub- submit to SGC for $20 a card, which is another thing that I want to give you some credit for because I love that they do that for Nash cards and the people who use SGC. That's so nice. If I, if some guy is submitting millions of SGC cards every single year, you should be doing what SGC does and thanking him and offering him a discount price for all the cards he's like the business that he's giving them. Okay. Anyway, sorry. You're just proving my point. <clears throat> no, you're, you're okay. A raw, <laughs> a raw Acuna Jr. sells for twenty-two to twenty-five dollars, and SGC nine sells for twenty-four dollars and fifty cents. SGC nine point five. 40 to 50 dollars so pretty much almost similar prices and these are really recent prices sounds like ended, profit to me <laughs> ended november 29th <laughs> and november 28th psa 9 sells for 40 to 45 dollars so an sgc 9.5 and a psa 9 sell for like similar value so basically the same card because like you said psa doesn't do they don't 9.5s. have it. they don't do 9.5s so you're you're basically your nine point five in SGC is is your is yeah. your PSA nine. Yep. And the most recent SGC ten I found was forty four dollars, which ended like three two weeks ago. But I'm assuming it's like probably a little over fifty to sixty dollars in a good market. So an SGC ten, I'll, I'll let's be nice and say it's around sixty dollars. A PSA ten of Acuna Junior sells for around a hundred dollars. So right now. Using Nash cards, if we send the card to PSA for $18, it comes back to PSA 10 in about a month. I'm willing to wait for that month so I can get an extra. So you're, let's say it's 100 versus 60. You're at like 1.67, 167% difference in the card. And that's the point I'm getting at. And I, like I've, we've harped about it this entire episode. I appreciate SGC as a company. They're incredible. <clears throat> but... Everyone who's listening, when you want to submit a card, do your research. We we forgot to mention that as Jelly. We always look to see what the card is selling for raw, what the card is selling for most importantly in a PSA 9, because God forbid we submit a card or a bulk of cards and they all come back 9s. Yeah. We still need to make sure that there's yeah, at least some sort you're of You're still room. profiting. 
Yeah, Jason's favorite word. There's still there's still some little room for profit. <laughs> and then and then we look at like PSA tens and then we get super excited and, and hopeful and giggle to each other about hoping that we get PSA tens. But lot and I have another example too, your boy Bryce, Bryce Harper's draft chrome rookie. An SGC. Hey, listen, don't bring Bryce into this, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A raw Bowman Chrome draft rookie of Harper is sixteen twenty five. SGC nine just sold two days ago for twenty dollars and fifty cents. Oh, I love that. <laughs> You're full of crap. You're so full of it. But I I love this topic. I'm super happy that we're talking about it. And it's it comes down to you as a buyer of sports cards, opener of sports cards boxes, who you want to give your money to, what you're trying to do, or are you trying to just kind of con- just kind of slab your personal cards and you love that tuxedo look that you're talking about then right on yeah send them to sgc and you get them back really fast and you don't have to stress but you know we're tying in like i said previously we're tying all the episodes into one that it involves market research it involves uh who you're spending your money on and what you're doing and you have to do it in my opinion and in the smartest way if you're trying to sell cards look into PSA 9s, look into SGC 9.5s. Heck, look into BGS 9.5s. Because I know that where Beckett, like you said, is kind of falling down the ranks in terms of grading, but there's definitely still room for for cards raw versus Beckett and Beckett. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I love that they still offer that um, subgrade that we're talking about. It yeah. shows you what grades you're getting on the other cards. And <laughs> at the end of the day, all these grading companies are, are thieves. They're just, they're, I'm paying them for their opinion. It's not fact. Like you can't, I can, we, we could go on such a super long episode because there's stories out there. People submit a card to PSA. It comes back a six. They crack the card. The slab comes back. They crack it out of the case. They resubmit it and it comes back a 10. You know what I mean? Like, the grader was just having a horrible day that first day. <laughs> He's like, screw this guy. This card's a six. Send it back. Hate his guts. I hate John Morant. He sucks. Memphis sucks. Give this guy a PSA six. Crack it. Submit it. This guy's a hardcore Memphis fan. Loves Ja. Has him tattooed on his calf. This is a PSA 10. I love this card. Give this guy a 10. I mean, so, it's it's happened to us, too. I mean, I got, you know, there's there's certain cards that I've sent in to get graded by PSA. And, you know, like I just sent my Radiant Charizard in and it came back and um, PSA 9 and it came back a PSA 9. And I was very shocked by I, I mean, I thought for sure this I'm like, this is going to jump. This is going to jump. This card looks great. It came back a nine and I'm sitting here scratching my head as to like, you know, what what happened or what made this card not gem. But then I've also gotten tens back, which I look at the card and I'm again scratching my head and going, "Wow, I got pretty lucky here." Yeah. You know, so I mean, it it works out in your favor sometimes. It sometimes it doesn't. There's a lot of risk that goes involved in sending cards into grading. Like we said, you know, just to definitely do your research. You know, I always look at what what does the PSA ten sell for, and what does the PSA nine sell for. If I if a PSA nine like in that Tony Gwynn rookie card is still a decent you know is still a good price yeah you can take you you might be able to take that you know that risk and send it in to get graded but there are certain cards where 
if a PSA 10 is already only like around 50 something dollars and you're paying $18 for the grade and you know, man, does if it comes back a PSA nine, your, yep. your profit might, well, not profit, your sold price might not even cover the cost of the grade. Exactly. You know, so there is a lot of risk in it, but it all, like you said, it all comes down to what you look for in a grading company, what you like the most about it. And I might sound, I might be odd about this, you know, and I said it in, I said it in the last episode and I'll say it now to me. I, and I know you're going to jump at me for this and it, and it, it might sound really weird, but to me, like the profits, the profit, if I'm still profiting off these SGC cards, well, Hey, then you know what? Great. I'm still making a little bit of money here and there. You know, especially if I do end up getting an SGC 10. Yeah, great. I, I sold it for a good price. And, you know, I, in my mind, I'm, I'm looking at the turnaround time. And, hey, if we're opening up sets and want to grade right away and get these cards back and sell them, you know, sell them within a month, we can do that with SGC. You know, you, you, you might be sitting around waiting three months for PSA or something like that. But it, it all comes down to what, what it's your opinion. It's your opinion on what you want to do with it. And that's my opinion. I personally, I'm an SGC guy. I love SGC. I, I really hope that they continue to keep growing and, you know. Yeah. Very. Hey man, right on. Yeah. I, we're, I'm really happy that we talked about this because I'm, I'm upset with you now, Jason, that you have not used your the biggest ace in the hole or ace up your sleeve, I should say. Because you know, I don't know if people know this, but the do you know what the most expensive card ever sold was, Jason? Yeah, it was an SGC. That's the Mickey Mantle. That's right. I'm not I'm surprised you haven't mentioned that. But well, SGC is they're they're <clears throat> they're big when it comes to vintage cards. I think a lot of people send their vintage cards to SGC because I think that was like their kind of I don't know. Um, they're, thing that like yeah got them off the ground. yeah i think so like they're you know they were known for the vintage cards mm-hmm. so yeah, absolutely like i said i was emailing sgc i wonder if it was the owner i'd have to i have to look at the name of the guy i was talking to when i was emailing him because i had emailed and asked about it but i was looking at vintage cards and like you said that was kind of their thing they I, and a lot of people still do you're right a lot of people still send their vintage cards to sgc and the most expensive card ever sold. It's an SGC 9.5 1952 Tops Mickey Mantle for $12,600,000. But mm-hmm. in in our defense, I cannot wait for when one of these freaking super rich guys who have those PSA 10 mantles decides to sell one and it becomes like a $20 million Is there card. one out there? Is there a PSA 10 out there? I think unless things have changed most recently, there should be three. I know that uh, one of the old owners of the old Diamondbacks had one. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who the other two are. I probably should, but uh, it's just that's a pipe dream. Yeah, it's to, so amazing. To, to all the listeners out there, the 1952 Tops Mickey Mantle is the ultimate card. Yeah, uh, next, in terms yeah. of sports cards. I agree. It's it's kind of become that. Um, people will argue that the T206 Honest Wagner is because the story behind that and the rarity of that. But I love that 52 Tops because 1952 is the first year of Tops, which is obviously a sports card company. And the poster child of baseball and card collecting 
uh, probably ever since is Mickey Mantle. And yeah. The, the, that's such a beautiful card. But um, Lenny, last words, Jason, before we wrap up this episode, because we've gone on such a long tension. I just, <sighs> there is, uh, my last words is there's uh, no convincing, there's just no convincing you guys that we'll ever, I don't think we will ever <laughs> use SGC ever again. And I'm just going to cry. Yeah, well. We you know what? I'll go ahead and I'll send, into... I'll send my own personal cards to SGC. And okay. when SGC takes over as the number one grading company and you guys are all at my feet. <laughs> begging. Begging for some of these profits. Uh, I will let you kiss my ring. No, just, <laughs> yeah. just kiss the ring. No, no. The... And, I want Jelly to be successful and I want us to do whatever we can to make that happen. Um, if there's a, if there's a way that we can utilize both PSA SGC uh, and make that successful for us. Absolutely. Now I completely understand why PS, you know, why people like PSA it's they're clearly the, the number one grading company, but I'm still going to roll with my SGC boys. So <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, Yeah, we could talk about this for at least another two to three hours because I love grading cards. At the end of the day, like I'm going to wrap this up because I can't keep talking about this. Cards, collecting, all that, we love to do that. We love to open packs. You see that like little shimmer behind a card and you're like, oh boy, here we go. A, a sweet card is coming, a rare card is coming, an auto is coming. You hit that card and you're so excited. You want that card slapped for authentication. You want to make sure it's real. Obviously, it's real. You just pulled it out of the pack. But you want that protection and you love that potential increase in value. And all of those things are being influenced by companies with their own opinions. I appreciate that SGC, they're super strict. And like I said earlier, they're very transparent. They have videos online talking about the grading process and what they do when they look at cards. So I love that. But at the end of the day, all these grading companies are just giving me their opinion. And there's no reason that any company should ever be upcharging me for an opinion. Even if my card is worth $12.6 million dollars. You, I prefer you to honor the price level I sent it in because I don't care when that card's coming back. If I know when the, when the card's coming back, I'm sending it at that level knowing that and I just want it back in time. I, you can upcharge me if you're going to call me and say, hey, John, uh, you idiot. You sent this $12.6 million card at our lowest service. This card is extremely valuable. If you want us to, we'll upcharge you for insurance to ship the card back to you. That I understand. That is wonderful. That I would appreciate something like that. And I feel like that's what SGC is kind of leaning into. They're, they really care about the hobby. They care about their collectors. And I love that about them. But <laughs> in terms of Jelly, in terms of operating to kind of get the most return on a card, don't get me wrong. We're not in this. Like We're not trying to be greedy. Like we said earlier, we're trying to sell cards at a good deal, not only for the buyer, but also for us to like kind of make the most profit we can. So say we have a card that's valued in a PSA 10 at $200. If we sell it for like 160 to somebody at a show, yeah, we lose out on that $40, which is a lot to think about and people get a good deal. But when we submit cards to SGC, 
that window to make deals at shows and things like that becomes tighter, becomes smaller because we're trying to maximize the most we can get for us, the most, the biggest like gap or not gap, but like deal we can offer to the buyers. But anyway, I hope people who are listening, you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Uh, don't rag on Jason. Don't rag on me either. <laughs> we're just, we're just giving our opinions here about the things we love, especially when it comes to cards. Yeah. Reach out to us on Instagram at Jelly Cards, Twitter at Jelly Cards. Uh, Jason is the king of TikTok over there at Jelly underscore Cards. Let mm-hmm. us know what you think. Let us know what you do when you when you open cards. What do you agree that like the first thing you notice is the centering, and then you look into the other things and decide to grade? Do you not grade at all? Because if you do not, bless you, right on. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to grade. You don't. These these other people's opinions don't matter as long as you love the cards you have. That's all that really matters, and that's what people. Back in the day, these companies didn't exist. When these 52 Tops cards were printed, nobody cared. They were just super happy to get a Mickey Mantle card. But anyway, thank you all for listening. If uh, any questions, concerns, reach out to us at those social media platforms. Never forget, we are in this hobby to spread love, spread positivity, unless you're Jason. (laughs) As always, thank you all for listening. Your buddies from Jelly Cards.